0: Hello and welcome to the XR Stories podcast, where extended reality and storytelling meet. In this series, you'll meet creative producer, John Rose Adams. John will be talking to the creators and innovators behind immersive storytelling projects supported by XR Stories. You're going to hear about all sorts of interactive storytelling genres, from theater to gaming, to virtual reality escape rooms, and so much more. This time, we're heading to Yorkshire to visit Lisa and Kate from Live Cinema UK. They're talking to John about the immersive nature and interactive potential of the full-dome cinema experience. So, grab your popcorn, get your tickets ready, and make sure you're sitting comfortably, as the show is about to start.
1: lisa kate hello please introduce yourselves and tell me a little bit about live cinema uk
2: my name is lisa brooke and i'm the director of live cinema uk and
3: i'm kate wellham and i'm the immersion coordinator at live cinema uk live cinema uk
2: is a company that i founded about seven years ago now my background was in film festivals and I absolutely loved doing all the live events, so mainly films with live soundtracks. And at that time, there was also a lot of immersive technology coming out that was starting to come into festival, film festival exhibition. And so when I left my previous roles, I thought, right, there isn't a company or organization in the UK that's specifically looking at liveness and interactivity within creative media so i decided to set that company up so we commission and produce new works and take a very broad definition of what immersive means but increasingly the definition of immersive has become about immersive technology and how we can experience that collectively and we brought kate on board to specifically look at that area
3: My role kind of grew from a few ideas that I'd had around festivals specifically, so how can festivals do live streams that are satellite events, so it's not just streaming online, that was an idea from a few years ago, and then submitting that idea to South by Southwest sort of began this journey if you like because once we got out there we realised how many other people around the world were looking at this kind of, of stuff and trying to break new ground and yeah that's where we picked up the whole full dome mission and sort of ran with it.
1: Well let's talk a little bit about full dome and what we mean by that so let's define some terms what is full dome to you and what is it not and why is it important?
3: I think people get a little bit hung up on the the dome shape of, you know, what they see is this this cinema screen and it just happens to be dome shape. But actually when the full dome is used best the the dome completely disappears A full dome is it's an environment that you can put an audience into without any other kind of headset and they can they can have a 360 degree film experience it can be scenography it can be interactive it's a room basically that you can do all of these different things in even now after a few years of working in it we're still nowhere near realizing how much potential it actually has, we're still exploring all the different things that you can do with this kind of space.
2: The best point of reference that people tend to be more familiar with is a planetarium. Full domes have been used as planetariums since, I think since the 1920s, the first sort of star projectors were put into observatories for people to come and look at maps of the sky and they've slowly developed into like rapid slide projection of really high resolution images to create a film but then recently in the last 15 years there's been with the development of games engines and interactivity and immersive tech increasingly there's been this opportunity to use the structure of a dome and the the structure of the planetarium that people are familiar with, but to experience things that aren't about space, which is where we come in and what the the entire industry of the sort of cultural full dome is what we've been researching and developing for the last couple of years now.
3: Yeah, most people's experience of this kind of medium is entirely for science content. And that's frustrating for a lot of the people who are working on Cultural stuff around the world because you know a lot of the times and um, the venues that they're they're trying to use or they 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 want access to have science as a primary focus and then they're kind of fitting in the cultural stuff as and when they can. So what we're trying to do is really say, look, you know, these spaces are so much more than this, and just try and break that association that it has to be it has to be educational and it has to be educational in that way and it has to be science based.
1: Okay, what's the most impressive example of a full dome experience that you've experienced
3: um there are two that spring to mind so the the first is just my my first and only so far visit to full dome uk i had no idea that people were making this kind of stuff and they'd curated this incredible collection of short animations Um, i remember there was one called flower universe which was just an artist had kind of made these these floral arrangements to look like planets and then just kind of shot them in slow motion like you were you were flying through space and they were just everything in space and it was just it was incredible but the other one is when i went to la to see wisdom i knew what they were trying to do i knew that they were opening this really ambitious full dome park but i didn't really know what they were going to do with it and i didn't know what the audience would be like and when I got there, I found this absolutely huge, it's a 700 person capacity dome. Um, and they were showing a piece by Android Jones called Samskara, which is absolutely brilliant. It's really spectacular. Um, and so standing at the back of that huge dome, watching all these incredibly different people just absolutely absorbed in this in this piece. And there's sort of giant heads floating everywhere. And it was just absolutely magic. And I just thought, you know, if, if we can if we could get more people to see this kind of thing, see what, what the potential is, then these would be everywhere.
1: So in, in terms of the cultural full dome scene, for want of a better word, what, what does it look like at the moment in the UK and internationally?
3: So in the UK, we have been working a lot with Cult VR who are based in Cardiff, and they are currently the only cultural full dome space in the UK, as in their, their focus is culture. Um, we know that there are uh, other planetariums around the UK, for example, Glasgow, who uh, will do cultural content enthusiastically outside of their science programme, but obviously their focus is going to be science. And in Cult VR, it's they're unusual in that they are artists who also have all of the kit, which you don't get very often. And so they have this warehouse space in Cardiff with a kind of semi-permanent dome, which is 12 metres. Uh, they do all kinds of experimental events in there so they do gigs they show films they've got a bar in there you know they do workshops and they're they're just this brilliant little hub for this art form Um, and there's a new dome that will be opening in Plymouth which will be a permanent structure um, in the market hall so that's kind of a it's It's about the redevelopment of the space but what they're doing to redevelop that space is bringing in this permanent full dome facility and really those two will be the the cultural full dome offer in the UK. Although we are wanting to open a full dome of our own in Yorkshire which is what this project is all about.
1: Let's dive into the to the projects as well. So XR Stories, well we say we started working with you in 2019 I think. That sounds like decades ago but it's not it's only it's only a couple of years really if you take us back to 2019 so where where were you on your journey with full dome at that point and and from our our first project with you what were you trying to achieve with that
2: at that point we had just finished a design foundations grant uh, for audiences of the future funded by innovate uk so we'd got funding from the first round of that which was brilliant to to explore what immersive screens are, um, with the view to seeing how how can virtual reality be experienced outside of the headset. So, the outputs of that <clears throat> led us to applying to create our own uh, scratch commissions and bring some artists from who'd never worked in a dome before to a workshop day in Cardiff at Cult VR, which was brilliant, getting everyone into a dome for the first time, and commissioning some scratch performances, some really quick turnaround projects for working
1: in the Dome for the first time. Can, can I explore with you a little bit around that, that workshop where you took artists who, you know, really thorough grounding in, in various kind of uh, techniques and stuff into a Dome for the first time. T- tell me something about what, what you learned from introducing those artists, like, what, sort of, what sort of potential did they see in, in the, this format?
3: I would say that we we found that they all approached it completely differently, which was great. So we had, you know, we had one piece, which is entirely about responsive visuals that respond to, to audio, to talking, um, which is fascinating. We had uh, we had another project, which is an animator who created this virtual world and was going to have a, a musician kind of performing to the, uh, the animation that he'd done. Everybody approached it with their own their own niche in mind and saw their own little bit of potential for what they were doing which just goes to prove the versatility of that kind of space i think the fact that everybody sees something different when they go into it and everybody sees they can do something different but everybody felt like there was something that they could do no matter what their background was so that was really encouraging
1: yeah that's brilliant We may as well ask the COVID question more fully. So your key kind of point in the earlier project to be able to share the new commissions and the new work was March 2020. So how how has both, you know, your, your work in Full Dome, but I guess m- more broadly the Full Dome scene, how, how's it responded? Has it just simply had to sort of pause and have a hiatus until it can reopen? Or have there been any other kind of ways in which people have been able to respond to not not letting pe- being able to let people into a dome necessarily or, or that kind of thing.
3: I mean, from our point of view, we've been working with the Full Dome Arts Network, which is a kind of a, a kind of loose collection of um, people who are working in this area, um, not just in the UK, but around Europe as well. And so we've been able to to exchange ideas and to to work on kind of bigger bigger things during that time, even when we haven't been able to get access. And I think ultimately that's gonna help us and the sector in the UK as well.
2: One of the key problems with full dome work before, even before COVID was that artists were able to gain access to full dome space to see what their work visually looked like. And if you're an artist booking, your show, your show is booked into America and is showing at a festival, for example, in a very specific dome. Every single dome around the world is completely different in terms of the setup. So you don't know what your piece is gonna look like till so you're there. So one really interesting development during COVID is a new piece of software called Festoon, which is, I think it's available now in an open beta. And that means that allows you to see how your piece will look in in, in a dome without having to be there. And there's gonna be an occult VR are working on a set of sort of standards for all the different domes around the world. So you can you know what the spec would look would be for that specific dome and you can visualise what your work would look like in that space. So, yeah, I mean, running the Full Dome Arts Network, we're the administrators of that. And that's something, again, that Exile Stories has enabled us to do during this time. So the pandemic has really let dome heads come together and sort of address those problems while they've been not able to access venues.
1: Domeheads is brilliant. Thank you for coining that phrase, Lisa. And and yeah, and it's been wonderful to watch the the Full Dome Arts Network, you know, um come together and interact and sort of explore some of those challenges and the opportunities. And and also, you know, like what the the global festival scene is and can be and, and all of that. It's been lovely to sort of follow those conversations through.
3: It's such a good time to be doing this as well because one thing that we've found is how incredibly helpful and collaborative this scene is around the world, because it's there's this collective push to make it more well known, to to let people know that this exists and all the things you can do with it. And so, genuinely, there's there's no real element of competition between everybody working in this space. Everybody just pushing it together and sharing knowledge, and you know, um, working with Cult VR it is a great example of that because they're just kind of You know they're they're giving us their their time and their expertise in order for us to to hopefully set up the equivalent of what they're doing in Yorkshire. So it's it's just really it's a really nice time to be doing this.
1: And it really it strikes me as we move out of COVID, even in a halting fashion, the experience economy, the latent demand for meaningful social experiences is just going to explode. What what do you think are the key challenges to getting more people aware of and engaged and excited about immersive full dome.
3: One of the most difficult things, which is also one of the most magical things at the same time, is that it's incredibly hard to describe the experience of walking into a full dome. You just have to do it. But then one thing that that happens over and over again is that once somebody has gone in and they get it, and then they're obsessed. So that's the entire community around the world and, you know, the Full Dome Arts Network, that's that's a bunch of people who've done that exact thing and then just gone, this is what I do now. So, because access to space is, is a bit of a problem, um, as we'd already mentioned, then just that giving audiences that initial experience of walking through the door and then suddenly getting it, understanding it, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we've got.
2: With only having two sort of cultural domes in the UK and, planetariums that you know if there is any planetariums that happen to listen to this and want to get let artists come into your domes please do let us know because we're desperate for space and to try different things and we have been talking to a lot of planetaria about what access might what access there might be there's getting audiences to to dome sites, to to a full dome, a permanent full dome space. But then there's taking the dome to people. So you can get really good quality inflatable domes. Uh, We have a four metre one at the moment on a a long-term hire. And taking those to where people are, you just get people walking past and going, what's in the dome? And especially for kids, because it looks like a bouncy castle, they just want to go inside. So we've done, with, with Igloo Visions, so this was a cylinder screen, we put an Igloo in the middle of Buchanan Galleries during Glasgow Film Festival. This was for our Audiences of the Future project. And we were completely booked up for the whole thing. People were buying tickets in advance, not necessarily knowing what they were gonna see. Yes, yeah, so that was really, really interesting for us, and, and it can be expensive to set up and hire, but these inflatable options are really economical, for, and they're really popular with audiences. Like I say, they just walk past and say, "What, what's in there? I want to go in.
3: And as well with the Montreal Dome and Plymouth, they're unusual in that the projections go all the way down to the floor, so it's floor to ceiling, it's complete immersion which is obviously, you know, more more projection than you would get in a planetarium. And so you can use that space in, in Montreal, for example. They quite often will have people kind of lying on the floor or, you know, walking around. They've just got this complete blank canvas. So you are just plonked in the middle of this, this world that's completely all around you.
1: That's incredible. And, and it strikes me that one of the key points is that you're physically with other people in the space, in a dome, as in you can you can see them next to you, around you and in that space. How much does that make a difference to the kinds of sort of responses that audiences give? Is the social important?
3: I think that it's hugely important to, to have that kind of collective awe because you feed off other people as well. And you're seeing this incredible thing and it's kind of, you know, it's blowing your mind a bit. And so to not be isolated in a headset and, and to, to feel that you're experiencing that with other people just kind of elevates it, I think.
2: Prior to the pandemic, our mission statement for Live Cinema UK was to get people out of the house to have amazing immersive film experiences together. So it is the right time for us to be really pushing for people to experience full Dome because, yes, you can get virtual reality at home, but it's only ever gonna be you and potentially virtual avatars in, in a virtual space experiencing that. And with the increased sort of personalization, again, you know, pre-pandemic, being able to get anything you want on Netflix or Amazon Prime, the, the worry has been for the last 10 years that people will stop going to the cinema. So Live Cinema UK's very remit is to make sure people are going out and looking at a big screen together. And what bigger screen can you get than a full dome? What more immersive way of consuming collectively can you get than a full dome? So now that we've got the the engines that can drive projections that are as immersive as being in a headset, but it's more social. It's a trade-off between that social contact and how immersive can an experience get. So going to secret cinema, for example, you are with hundreds of different people having a bespoke experience in real life with physical actors recreating the film before you all sit down and watch a film. It's immersive in a different sense and it's collective. And we sort of see full dome as being this immersive and collective experience that's you that that's akin to that, but utilizing technology.
3: And I think as well, we we know from, um, particularly from the research we did in Glasgow, that there are a lot of people who will just self exclude from headsets, you know, that they'll never have any kind of virtual reality experience, any kind of 360 degree experience like that, because they think that's for gamers, and it's not for them. So they're probably never going to touch a headset. And so to be able to do something like this, it presents it in a completely different way. And it, and it it offers it up to, to an audience who would self-exclude from virtual reality otherwise.
2: When we first started researching immersive screen environments, the one of the drivers for us to look at that was that virtual reality headsets are not usable by a lot of people. People who are partially sighted have, have difficulty using headsets because it relies on you having two lenses to merge to create a 3D image. There's a lot of neurological conditions and neurodiverse people who aren't able or comfortable using virtual reality headsets. So a full dome environment is a way of showing that same content, but without the headset uh, constrictions for people with access needs.
1: So Lisa and Kate, working in immersive and interactive storytelling worlds that you are, what is the most difficult challenge facing storytellers in immersive today?
3: There are technical barriers with with all of these new forms of immersive tech because it, it's two different skill sets to kind of be a storyteller and a creative and then have the technical ability to to learn and then work with these formats to a professional level. And so I think the more, although there are more possibilities with this new technology, we need to make sure that, that we're bringing those creative people along with us, those storytellers along with us and making sure they, they are at least partnering with people with the technical skills, if they don't have the technical skills themselves.
2: I'd say the biggest challenge for immersive storytelling is knowing what cultural consumption looks on the other side of the pandemic. Are people used to getting everything at home now so they're not going to be bothered about coming to a full dome, for example? I see the role of Live Cinema UK as being, is being able to support the venues and the physical spaces that, that can accommodate this kind of work to make sure that audiences know that they're open, that they've got this incredible content that they
1: cannot experience in the house. I wanted to ask about what are the most exciting developments you predict in, term, in Immersive, and Full Dome specifically. What should, we, what should we be expecting over the next 12 to 24 months?
3: I mean, I really like the idea that more and more art forms are going to move into these Full Dome spaces. Getting musical artists into domes as a, as a standard practice, that that's somewhere that you would go to see a gig. I think that's that's quite feasible. You know, Cult VR are doing it already. Um, I'd like to see a lot more of that. That's very exciting.
2: I'd like to see the all the talent and technical skills that are coming from people working in virtual reality and mi- uh, mixed reality, realizing that full dome is a thing that they can work in. Because I'm not I'm not sure whether that's because of the lack of venues in the UK that that people can experience this kind of work in. I'm not sure how widely known that is. So I'd love to take a gaming delegation to a dome. And of course, the biggest thing for us would be getting a full dome open in Yorkshire, which we're working very, very hard to make happen because we need more people to experience this and have a lovely time inside a dome.
1: It's amazing. Um, and I think I m- first met you both, or even maybe even saw you both, on a programme for South by Southwest, um, which never happened. South That was the one before last, in fact, so South by Southwest 2020. Um, any plans to go back to South by Southwest?
3: Yeah, definitely. We actually had a panel that was going to be, the, the first one that was cancelled, we had a panel um, about Full Domes called Headsets Make Us Throw Up, which got through and then we... We thought about resubmitting it for the online only, but we thought, no, we'll hold off because we'd actually like to try and do that in person when we can. So I think at this stage, we're definitely looking at going back, aren't we?
2: Yeah, for 2022, we're speaking with all the, it'd be our sixth edition in person, I think, and we're speaking with all the partners that we work with and connect with regularly for that for that mission, trade mission out to South by Southwest each year, to see whether we can get a dome out there, a full dome to exhibit UK content to be used as a venue. So we're kind of early days of exploring that and working with our contacts at South by Southwest as well to try and find a space big enough in the middle of downtown Austin <laughs> to put a dome is that is the main problem at the moment. but um. We're really hopeful that we can get something physical there next year.
0: Thank you for listening to the XR Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. And don't forget to rate and review to help more people find us. You can find more information on our projects by heading to our website, xrstories.co.uk, or you can find us on Twitter at xr_stories. XR Stories supports research and development in cutting edge digital technologies in the Yorkshire and Humber region. We have a programme of funding, research collaboration and connection to champion a new future in storytelling. XR Stories is supported and funded by the Arts and Humanities Research Council, the European Regional Development Fund, the University of York, the British Film Institute and Screen Yorkshire.